Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. you hear this echoey sound, you know that this is Bill Roden on Sport, uh, calling from a uh, really distant location. But uh, my two great co-hosts are holding down the foot in the city. Um, great uh, Jamal Murphy. What's going on? What's up, Bill? And I'm not sure, is the Bate sitting across from you or to the left or to, to the right? To the right. Okay. Hey. To the right. Great. The Bate Isles. How you doing? What's going on? I'm great. How you doing, sir? Everything's well? All good. All, All good. good. You been yes. playing anywhere else? Uh, did a few things. Like, uh, played with Oliver Lake this month at Dizzy's at Jasmine oh, wow. Center. Um, did a nice tribute for the Festival of New Trumpet Music for the great Jimmy Owens, one of my mentors, um, hmm. which featured myself, Keon Harold, Jonathan Finlayson, and Linda Bersiano. Uh, four of, like, you know, myself and three of the great trumpet players of my generation. So I, I hung in there, you know. Well, I mean, you know. <laughs> so I'm sure it, you did your thing. Uh, yeah, I did, I did. I did my thing. I ain't going to run. Um, so, no. Nah, but, um, but, no, it was great to, to you know, next, Jimmy. Next Jimmy. you got Yeah, no, I, I put it on social media, but Jim, Jimmy um, handpicked us to um, represent him, you know, and, and as, as, nice. as, as his, you know, as his mentees. And then um, I'm going to play at the Monterey Jazz Festival for the first time this weekend. Looking forward to that. That should oh, be great. beautiful. That should be really, right. really beautiful. So, um, yeah, that's I can check right. that who, off who the list. Who are you playing with? Uh, with Christian's big band, Christian McBride, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, so we're going right. there. Right. He was just down to Blue Note. Were you down there? Uh, oh, no, I did not get to make it. I did not get to make it. It's been pretty crazy because I- I'm writing, like, mad music for stuff like I have some commissions and uh going to my alma mater Eastman so I gotta write all these arrangements. Uh busy, busy, busy. Yes, yes indeed. Ma, what 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 you been up to, man? You know? Doing a lot of contracts. <laughs> yeah, you know, work working hard. Uh you know, uh, was at the Nets uh uh media availability yesterday for a Sean Marks. So we heard what he had to say about the upcoming Nets season. Um, you know, it was it was it was a packed uh, press room for the Nets, more so than we can ever remember. So that's what it's going to be like this year. What so about what, th- what did he say about about your guy Kyrie Irving? I sent you guys a note earlier saying, "Surprise, surprise, Kyrie hurt." Yeah, I mean, you know, he said it was a, a regular basketball injury. Uh, he caught an elbow. He wouldn't disclose the player who did it. Um, they took him to the hospital. Uh, you know, obviously he had a facial fracture. Um, but he didn't seem to be too concerned. Uh, you know, it was a typical uh, practice but basketball it injury. Yeah, it wasn't his face. And I think they, I think uh, Atkinson accompanied Kyrie to the to the hospital, and everything checked out. So um, you know, maybe maybe he'll show up to media day with a uh, with a face mask. Who knows? We'll see what happens. Ah, uh, wow. Well, good luck. I think he didn't he play with a, a mask before. It sounds familiar. I'm sure, you know. I mean, Kyrie's had all types of injuries. So um, I, that's the first thing people think, you know, whenever, you know, people are like, oh, he got injured again. So as long as he's available for the first game of the season, I think uh, we, we can calm down on the, you know, being too scared about that. But 
Um, you know, that's going to be one of the challenges for Kyrie, whether he can stay injury-free for the year. Yeah. I'm just curious. You got I me? Mean, yeah, I, I, I feel like the NBA has been able to stay in the news all year. I mean, normally it really shuts down and the NFL just takes over. Even now you got baseball players, but the NBA has been able to hang in there. What, um, and I said we do want to, we do want to get into the NFL, but, but training camps open, you know, next week. What, what do you guys, for you, what's the storyline? I mean, what's the, uh, what's the big drama line? I mean, for me, it's Los Angeles, you know, Lakers, Clippers. Uh, that's that for me is the big storyline because uh, those are going to be the two rivals. They're playing each other on Christmas Day. Um, those are going to be the rivals: LeBron James, Anthony Davis versus Kawhi Leonard and 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 Paul George. So, um, you know, the Clippers are looking. They've always been looking to get out and 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 have their own recognition in the city of Los Angeles. This is their chance. For sure, if they can, if they could be able to, to and and imagine if LeBron, it was funny. I did, I did like uh, my records for the Western Conference, like in August, and I had the Lakers and Clippers seeing each other in the first round. <laughs> if that happens, which I think the M- I don't know if the, the NBA would not like that, but if that would happen, that would be the most, I think, the most um, exposed, most. Uh, talked about series in the history of the game, first round series in the history of the game, no question about it. But the I think his, that's the history of the game. Yeah, yeah, first round, first round series. Yes, if the Lakers and Clippers play each okay. other, absolutely. Um, first round, I'm saying. But um, but yeah, I think that's the main storyline, like the, those teams and how they develop, making sure they stay healthy. And remember, LeBron's getting older, and, and Anthony Davis has never played a full season healthy either. So that's the thing. The Lakers don't have anything else other than those two. Jamal, do you think that's the biggest story? Let's just face the big argument. The Knicks pull yeah. it together. Oh, and yeah. they manage to get luck. to the playoffs. Good luck with that. And they play the Nets. Well, I mean, that, yeah, that would be crazy also. But it would be tough because the Nets, you got to look at the Nets as like a, you know, four or five seed. Maybe, you know, I would think four or five seed and or lower. The Knicks, there's no way they're going to be – Anywhere, you know, any, only way the Knicks get in would be about an eighth seed, and it'd be, a, and that would might be a miracle. Um, even though I'm, I think the the Knicks are going to be more entertaining this year, they have a, they have a chance uh, maybe to contend for that eighth spot. So that would be, you know, that'd be shocking if if those two met up in the first round. Uh, the Nets are interesting because you know they don't have uh, Kevin Durant this year. Maybe at the very end of the season, depending on how the season looks. Well, Sean Marks said yeah. that he's not playing the entire season, right? Right. That's, yeah. You know, that's so. what they, that makes sense with, that they would say that. But yeah. you but have... So he's 30-something, 30 31, right? right? 31 right. years old? Yeah. Right. I, that's the best thing to keep him out for the whole year. He's not 20, yeah. 22. <laughs> no, so. Yeah, yeah. So, so we'll see about that. But then we have, uh, you know, the Nets, they still have a formidable team uh, with Kyrie, uh, Levert, Dinwiddie, uh, Joe Harris, who just had a, a, a great run on the FIBA team. So they have some, they have weapons to, to really contend for, Jared you know, maybe Allen not, too. maybe, Jared Allen yeah, too. Jared Allen, maybe, maybe not contend for that one, two spot. Cause it really looks like Philly, Milwaukee in those first two spots. Uh, and then everybody else is contending below that in the Western conference to me is the, is the real deal. Why you really want to, why we're really looking forward to the NBA season this year. Uh, you know, as Nabate mentioned, Lakers, Clippers, you also got the Rockets, with uh, Westbrook and 
and Harden teaming up, and we'll see how that works out. Uh, but th- we know they're going to still be very good. We don't know how good, but they'll be good. Uh, and then you have teams on the bottom uh, who are contending, young teams, exciting teams like the Pelicans with Zion and Lonzo Ball and, and others. And then you have the Mavs with Porzingis. How is he going to return this year? I, we've seen pictures of Porzingis. Uh, he's looking in, to be in great shape, uh, put on some weight. And that would really be a nightmare for the Knicks if Porzingis has a monster year in this return. That, that's the last thing the Knicks want to see because then you're going to get all kinds of, uh, you know, people coming at the Knicks brass and how they, how they could let that happen. So I'm sure the Knicks people are hoping that Porzingis does not have a monster comeback. And you'll see them d- November 14th, I believe, he'll be coming back to the Garden with Dallas uh, early part of the season. Are they hoping that he doesn't have a good season? Yes. The way Eli Manning was probably hoping that Daniel Jones screwed up? That's a good comparison right there. I think, <laughs> I think so. You know, where the word from the Knicks brass is, you know, they they got to be they're a little scared of that possibility. <laughs> yeah, but I, I brought up Daniel Jones. What what was your thought about that, man? We, I was just thinking we were talking. We were getting ready to call the Giants racist because they passed over um, they they passed over Haskins to draft Jones, and yeah, we thought, oh, well, you know, they've only had that black quarterback, blah 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 blah. They're the Boston, they're the Boston Red Sox of football in terms of black mm. players, black quarterbacks. But then you see this guy come in to light it up. And then, of course, you see on Monday night, last Monday night, Case Keenan was awful, man. Interceptions, fumbles, and then they still didn't put in uh, Haskins. What, what do you guys think? Um, you know, have you changed your tune about, about Jones and, and the Giants? Well, no, that's a great point. Uh, you know, when I was watching the draft, I was I was very upset um, with Daniel Jones being I, not being picked, but at number six, I felt seventeen he would have still been there at seventeen, um, and and that was the thing they could have got a Josh Allen as their pass rusher, and then even though Dexter Lawrence played very well um, in Tampa Bay, there the, he was their seventeenth pick. But at the same time, though, if you want a player, you got to get him. And Daniel Jones, like, I, like following him at Duke, he had no talent around him. And I men, remember mentioning this in the spring uh, on the show. Like, drop passes, did not have any talent around him, and he was able to lead that Duke team to seven wins. Um, so, and the athleticism was there. He had 180 yards against North Carolina, which is in a conference game. You know, that's big. Yeah, rushing, Mm -hmm. 180 yards rushing. So Daniel Jones had the athleticism. I felt the Giants could have tried to get him at 17 or maybe traded up to be able to get him at 14-ish, you know, before the Redskins or something like that. But but what I saw for Daniel Jones in the preseason, of course he played second and third stringers, no doubt. But the accuracy was much better in the, at the NFL level because second and third stringers are still better than college level players at the end of the day. Right. And and he was he was he was amazing throughout the preseason. Showed a lot of poise. Was able to to give a jolt to the offense. But you saw like in Tampa Bay, Jamal and, and Bill, you saw. How the how Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram, Darius Slayton, all those guys felt like like a get like a get up. You know what I mean? They they got like an adrenaline shot from being led by Daniel Jones. And then that last run, the, that touchdown run to seal the game for the Giants, Eli Manning would have never been able to do that athletically. You know, that was that was that was right there. That's why Daniel Jones is in the lineup. And he's a tremendous talent. And I gotta say, I'm gonna go out on a limb. 
he if he continues to improve and continue to show his athleticism, I think he's just as athletic as Patrick Mahomes, if not Whoa. if not more. What? What? Running, running wise, running wise. We were, we were with you. We were with you. We were with you. <laughs> no, no, athletic, what? athletically. But I'm saying Mahomes definitely has. But we'll see. But I think Daniel Jones can have a Patrick Mahomes impact Whoa. on the New York Giants because his style what? is perfectly fit for the 21st century for now for the quarterback in the National Football League. All right. I mean, I, I, okay. I, well, I, I, here's the thing. What do you think? What do you think, Jamal? No, no, I think, I mean, obviously, uh, you got to give Daniel Jones a lot of credit. I was definitely critical of, of the pick, uh, especially taking him before Haskins, who, when I look at a guy like Haskins, uh, you know, big, strong guy, accurate passer, strong arm, I thought if he were, honestly, if he were a white quarterback, I think he would have been number one, the number one overall pick. So it was more to do with him going ahead of a guy like that. But Kyler um, Murray was number no, no, one. He's yeah, a no, brother. Yeah, he's yeah. a brother. But I'm just saying, typically, uh, you know, the big pocket quarterback, um, you know, a la Peyton Manning back in the day, stuff like that, you know, they go number one. I think So I think if he was a white guy, people would have looked at him a little differently. Um, but, you know, I have to, you have to give credit you, to what you, Jones you, did. You, Jones, looked, Jones looked great in the preseason. He, you know, he's weird. He's, like, weirdly accurate. Even in the preseason, he showed that it translated to the and to, he wasn't to the like regular that at, season. It wasn't like that at Duke, you know. Like yeah. and even with the drop passes, uh-huh. he his deep balls he overthrew. Right, guys, but but that showed how he worked on it. Right, right. So they, the and the Giants worked game. on him, mm-hmm. you know. So they mm-hmm. they did some good work with him. And you're right, and Abate's right. You know, the athleticism. I mean, I mean, compared to Eli Manning, it's not. There's no comparison. Right. So right. he does change the well, dynamic of the team. Ball. And, and, and like I said, when you see the energy of the offensive players, like Sterling Shepard's like, oh, I'm about to get a big contract because of Daniel Jones. Like Evan Ingram, say it's one game, Evan Ingram one game. was like, well, no, no, no. He stretches the field. No, I'm just saying That's what, I'm saying. what, he's, like, what, he's, what he's done in the NFL so far. So I, I don't want to go too crazy. But, yeah, he looked good. He looked good. Even if he struggles, he's still going to be exciting from the standpoint of, like, guys are going to want to run deep routes for him, mm-hmm. really run those routes and not feel like the offense is going to be bogged down. Right, and especially compared to Eli. Yeah. Can, I, can I ask you guys something? Yeah. So now, each of you, well, two things. Each of you have, have thrown out athletic, athletic, athletic. Mm-hmm. Right. And we've heard that term over and over and over again. What the F? Does that mean? But also, <laughs> I'm, look, I'm looking at the game. I'm looking at the game Sunday. Now, remember, whenever athletic was used to describe any black quarterback, it was almost used as a, as a derogatory adjective. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, now all of a sudden they're talking about Daniel Jones and they're marveling about it. Right. Now athletic has become a great thing. You mm-hmm. listen to talk about uh, 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 Baker Mayfield. Athletic has become a great thing. Jimmy Garoppolo, and it seems to be here we go again. Whenever we had generations of brothers, and they said, "Well, he's athletic," and it's a negative. Now, as soon as you've got some white cats who are doing it, now all of a sudden it seems to be a positive. Uh, what do you guys think? I mean, you, you know, yes or no? You and know, what is athletic, by the way? Everybody's athletic. What the hell are they talking but, about? Uh, so what do you think? You know, a- athletic is someone, is a quarterback that can be able to get out of the pocket under duress and be able to outrun linebackers. 
outrun, you know, be able and and have and and be able to move and be able to have to show that quickness. Daniel Jones runs a four eight. You know, when the quarterbacks are now running four, like Cam ran four six, I believe, or four five three or something at his combine. Like an athletic for me, I've always used athletic for whatever color. It didn't matter, you know, like, you know, you know, for me, like Elway was athletic. I said that, you know, about John Elway, you know, so, um, you know, it's just, it's just interesting. Like, I think it, it brings another dimension. And now in the 21st century NFL, it brings that dimension, but it shows that all the black quarterbacks that came up, beforehand set the tone and you see when right. you get resistance is a la john coltrane who celebrated who would have celebrated his 93rd birthday on the 23rd of september this past monday mm. you know it's like coltrane was a stigma but you know when he was alive but now he's revered as a major genius right. you know there you go. so in there that's exactly the similarity with with the black quarterbacks that being able they set the tone for what the nfl is now and finally, there's recognition of that. Yeah, I mean, you hit it on the head there. Black quarterbacks, I mean, that's, that's the thing now. They, ch- they did change the game. They changed the game to the point where you have to be. I don't care if you're black, white, green, blue, whatever. Mm-hmm. You have to be athletic nowadays. You see, you see the flack that Eli is getting just compared to Daniel Jones. All of a sudden, everybody's mm-hmm. talking about, you know, Jones runs for a touchdown. And the first thing people say is, oh, Eli only ran for seven touchdowns in his whole career. Mm-hmm. You know, used to be. You know, just five years ago, that's what they wanted. They wanted the black quarterbacks to stop running so much and stay in the pocket. So mm-hmm. that was the job of the running back and the wide receiver. So, so reluctantly, the NFL uh, has changed thanks to the dynamic black quarterback. Yeah. It was crazy. Warren Moon, Hall but of Famer, first black quarterback, Hall of Famer. He wasn't that's true. a quote-unquote athletic. He, he had nimble feet in the pocket, but he was a true pocket passer. You know, he had to go to Canada to prove himself, the CFL. <laughs> Right. He said that there was a, uh, he was appearing at a forum down in Atlanta last June. He was on the panel with uh, Deshaun Watson and EJ Manuel mm. and his brother who's the second team quarterback in Jacksonville. But, but what, what Moon was saying, he said, well, I wasn't really a running, I wasn't a runner. I was athletic enough to be able to run if I had to, but I was a pocket passer, mm-hmm. but because I was black. I got put in this mold. I guess my, my larger point, you talk about train and other people, and maybe that's just a that maybe that's just the burden that innovators have to carry. But you think of generations of black quarterbacks who were who never really got a chance, who were dismissed and, and marginalized. And now again I guess this is to me is what the, the definition of racism is that now they're looking and as soon as white guys do it, now all of a sudden it's okay. And I don't know if that's what you were saying about there, whether, whether people are like, in, you know, the, the game has kind of been put in a box. Mm-hmm. You know, my question to you guys, though, do you think now that we are where the quarterback position will look like the defensive secondary now with brothers taking over, or do you think the game will make the adjustment and make sure white guys starting at Pee Wee mm-hmm. or whatever said you guys, have, you know, you, you, it's okay for you guys to quote unquote be athletic now. Well, it, it, that's my point. The game has already made that adjustment because you don't – it's a detriment for any quarterback not to be mobile now, not to be able to get away from a pass rush, not to be able to – even within the pocket. I mean, you still have Brady, 
uh, hanging in there. But he, you know, such a great offensive line. He has a quick release. He's smart. He knows how to get rid of the and, ball quickly. And a system, you know, and a system with Belichick uh, running that system. Um, he's kind of the last wave. But all the, the young quarterbacks are coming up, including Darnold from the Jets. He can move. He he runs out. You know, he runs. He scrambles. So that adjustment has already been made. So to to answer your question, I I don't think it'll become like the the cornerbacks or the running backs where where you see nothing but black quarterbacks um, because white quarterbacks are because white quarterbacks are adjusting a combination of the fact that white quarterbacks are adjusting they're being groomed uh, to play this new style of NFL and and what you you know what you alluded to in terms of the league probably doesn't want will not want all black quarterbacks in the league so Mm -hmm. they'll you know the adjustments will be made there too so I think it's a combination Um, but it's going to be at least half and half or, or, or 60-40 black quarterback, in my opinion, just, just because when the, the best player on the field. How come white guys couldn't make the adjustment cornerback, the linebacker? I mean, you know what I'm saying? If, if it's all it is, just an adjustment, how come they couldn't make an adjustment as cornerbacks and, and linebackers? Cornerback position is the most athleticism needed, basically, on the football field. And a lot of times the best – well, the best white athlete, go, go ahead, the best go white athlete is going to, they're going to put him at quarterback. Mm. Okay. Well, you guys, I, I don't want to belabor it, but you guys didn't answer my question. <laughs> what was the, what was the question? What was the question? Well, well, the question was that you said that, well, uh, the re, you know, the reason there may not be all black quarterback because uh, the, the, they're going to start making the adjustment at the lower level, uh, lower level. So I'm saying, well, why couldn't they have made the adjustment uh, for, for white cornerbacks and white safeties and white linebackers? Why oh. couldn't they have made that adjustment well, at the Pee League and the, and the high school level? Cornerback, you're exposed. <laughs> you know, you have to be the, an elite athlete. You have to have elite footwork, elite lateral movement, and speed, recovery speed. That's what I'm so saying. So white guys don't have that? Uh, I, I didn't say that. I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying like, well, let me, you let, when, you look, when you look at track and field, What's up with track and field, right? Who who are the top track and field cats? I did, I did see a clip of some, a fast white dude the other day. You know, we, but that's it's rare. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's rare. It's rare, rare. You know, so yeah. it's like is it is it and it's almost a reverse type of brainwashing. Do you think that white guys psych themselves out? You know, when it comes to playing cornerback or or Ooh. white coaches like white guys are stereotyped. You know, just as black guys used to be stereotyped, or you know that maybe mm. white guys are stereotyped you know, uh, in terms of being Ooh. running back, although you see a few more defense. Do you think there's a, there's a reverse type of stereotype? Do, do white guys psych themselves out, do you think? Oh, that's I don't know. I mean, if you run a 4-3, you run a 4-3. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I don't know if you, you psych that out. I mean, if you – the I, the only thing I, the only thing I'll say is going back to my other point is, like, the best – White athletes, they tend to they'll put them at the most important position right. at quarterback. Even, but I but I still haven't seen a white quarterback running a four three. Yeah, well, <laughs> so, yeah. I think Luck 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 ran a four seven or something. Andrew right. Luck, right? Uh, also, Daniel Jones ran a four eight. Yeah, but no, no quarterback. But Luck Luck and Daniel Jones probably could play other positions on the field. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. safety, 
for right. sure. Like, and with safety, it's a different thing than because safety, you center field. You like you got the whole field in front of you, so you can make the adjustments. Right. With cornerback and McCaffrey, you're like, McCaffrey you know, with the Carolina, he's yeah, real. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Christian, yeah, as a running back, yeah, right? He's real. Right, right, right. Absolutely. So, so I mean, yeah, we have there is one. The, very, there's a great run, white running back and, right now. And the skill set, the great thing about the skill set he acquired from his dad, because mm-hmm. Easy Ed had his his fundamentals were crazy, right? You know, and so. he had, but he has real speed. Mm-hmm. You know, he had, you know, he can he'll juke you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, he's a. I mean, he, people. Some people I, say he's the best running back in the league right now. I mean, I don't agree with that, but I, you know, some people well, say that. He, no, he's he's up there. He's up there. He's yeah. up there. He's up there. He's up there. Definitely. Hey, he's up there. But I heard one guy say this is the thing that gets me about this whole issue. It's not enough for the guy just to be good, like a white guy just to be good. He all of a sudden, if it's a receiver or run, all of a sudden he got to be the best in the whole. You know, I mean, give me a. I was gushing the other day. I for two days after the first game, the guy said McCaffrey. He's like, he was, I think he's the best athlete in, in the in the play in the NFL. Well, you know, no, like, you how see, come the white guy? How come you just can't be good? How come you got to all of a sudden? Bill, I feel you just you can't, you can't throw you can't throw my bone, Bill. You can't let him you can't let him just be happy. But Bill, I I gotta give McCaffrey props. That cat is nice, man. It's like it's a separate situation. Yeah, nice, it's different situations, nice, you know. Is he the nicest in the NFL? Nah, I mean no, uh, he's not Saquon Barkley in terms of like pure. Oh, ability. not athletic, yeah, right, right. ability. But but I gotta say, McCaffrey, when it comes to skill set and overall skill set, I mean, you gotta put him up there. But I'm he saying, is. but overall, Saquon, there's Zeke, you know, and everything, but. Right. But but Chris, no Christian. I mean, we he doesn't have the size of those two. He guys. does. That's the thing. And with what the size the size he doesn't have, he makes up with great technique. And like I said, coming from Easy Ed McCaffrey, you know, second generation, he's second generation kids. But I hear you, Bill. I mean, but that you know, we're we are in America. Uh, we know that white people are drawn are going to be drawn uh, to to white players. With you know, great white hope. We know we know how that goes. So, you know, I take it with a grain of salt. I mean, I, you know, they, if they want to say he's the best running back, fine. You know, I'll give you that. You know, it's, all, it's like that when you have a, a great white point guard in the NBA. Uh, you know, when you had, Stockton. White, you had Stockton, you had a white chocolate. They, mm-hmm. You know, I took that as a compliment, actually. Yeah, Call, white calling, and calling him black. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we had white chocolate, man. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, you know it, it is what it is. Okay, but let, let me ask you that guy just sticking to football just for a minute. Okay. You mentioned Andrew Luck. I think to me the story is uh, one. I mean, if you look at the quarterback story, is you got uh, uh, Brissett steps in for Luck. Remember when Luck retired? Mm-hmm. He, of course, he yeah. Brissett come in, played very well. Uh, you look at um, uh, Bridgewater stepping in for um, uh, Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, Mahomes. I mean, I think that now you could say, well, what about if, uh, Mahomes is, is lighting it up? To me, those are great. That's that's a great story. I mean, in addition to Jones, but you know, I, I think that Bridgewater are great stories too. Right. Yeah, because because Bridgewater really uh, he had a he he had bad luck. You know, with tearing his ACL, lost his starting job. Um, decided to stay. You know, I, he got signed by New Orleans. He could have. Started somewhere this year, but stayed with New Orleans. I think I think Breeze will be. I think Breeze is retiring at the end of the year. I think this is it for him, um, and I think that gives Bridgewater a chance to be able to step in. 
um, and everything. So, no, it's a great – and Jacoby Brissett, I mean, yeah, he's had multiple touchdown passes in each of his three games. And, no, there's no question. He And he came up in the Patriot way, you know. So, so he learned a lot. And him and Brady still talk often, actually. Like, Brady's, like, his main mentor. So, so Brissett is, yeah, I mean, there's no question. Those are good stories. For Lamar sure. Jackson. But I, and Lamar Jackson, too, of course, you know. Uh, you know but, but I got to say, with Daniel Jones, the reason why he's the biggest story is because everyone was like, why is he And it also the just happened. Pick? Yeah, and He yeah. just jumped on the scene last week. No, what, what, but no, no, but the thing, the way he jumped on the scene, right. and like I said, being the sixth pick, no one thought he should deserve that. Right. And now Gettleman is like, and that, the, even that, Baker Mayfield, remember? Yeah. But also the, ga- the game itself. It was a great game. Uh, he brings them back to win, even though you got to thank the, the Tampa Bay kicker for that one. I mean, Tampa Bay should have won that game. And, when, and it's funny, when you look at the, yeah, the funny, funny thing, you look at the stats, you look at the final stats of the two quarterbacks in that game, uh, Daniel Jones and, uh, and Jameis Winston. I mean, Winston had, this, had the same type of game. Like, he, he threw for over 300 yards. Did he have you know, two threw for a higher, higher did, percentage. Did he had have two, two touchdowns, yeah, two three, rushing three touchdowns? passing touchdowns, no and, interceptions. And two, and, but yeah. two rushing touchdowns. And he touchdowns. also made the – he also had the, the final drive, put them in field goal range on a long pass to, but, but, to, to Mike Evans. But James so Win- they should have – Jameis should have won that game. But Jameis Winston is a fifth-year yeah, starter, I'm just saying, number one right, pick overall. Right. And Daniel Jones came in in, in right. his first but I'm saying, But people yeah. have been down on Jameis. But I'm just saying it's funny – when you look at it, just pure stats-wise, uh, Jameis did his thing, and you know that was not talked about at all. So, no, but you're right, Jones. Jones, he just jumped on the scene. Obviously, he's well, going to get this kind of press. Yeah, I, but like I said, Jameis, number one pick, fifth year in the league. You know what I'm right, saying? But, like, you know, yeah, he, yeah. he had a game, and also, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, he had a. But Jones, but yeah, I, I rookie, guess, <laughs> you know. I know so. that's, what I'm, that's my point. Yeah, yeah, you know, before we leave the NFL, I was very carefully the radio broadcast. You know, particularly I drive, I'm listening to broadcast, particularly when there's there's a black quarterback playing against a white quarterback, and I just noticed the terminology, uh, the critique, and it reminds me of something that Satch Sanders said. Uh, said he was having a debate with Red Arbor. You know, Satch mm. Sanders, a great boss. Of course, Celtic. Celtic, yes. And he was having a debate. And why with, you got uh, with Red Arbor about uh, Jerry West and Oscar. Who's the best? And he stopped Arbeck. You notice that when when Arbeck was talking about Oscar Robertson, he was talking about everything he couldn't do. And we talked about Jerry West. He talked about everything he could do. Right. And oh. to me, that's still one of those micro inequities when you hear these guys talk about whether it's Brissett or whether it's Dak Prescott or whatever. There's always this level of fatigue. Of course. You know, oh, I mean, Bill, you're so right. The exceptional. Physicality, but there's always, you know, some level like Lamar, some level of what he can't do, right? You know, and that means how black people are compete in the overall workplace. It's almost like yes, when we're competing with white people, white people are judged like figure skating, and they start with like a perfect score. Yes, and black people are judged like basketball, where we start with no points. Yes, <laughs> you, know, you know, welcome, welcome. You know. We're in America. And, and, we're and, in America. And who's the, who's the president? Yeah. And, and and Bill, yeah, well. to piggy to <laughs> piggyback what on what you said, even uh, even being you know watching sports for like in the mid eighties, late eighties, night through the nineties, and everything, you know, like even as a young man, I would look a, a kid. I would say, why is it that they have to say that 
the black quarterback, oh, we have to ease him in slowly. You know what? They never Can't said that defenses. about white. Yeah, right. You know, oh, we got to simplify the playbook. Right. You know, things like that. That would right. irk me every time I hear that. Why couldn't you say that about John? John Elway was terrible this rookie season. Couldn't even, you Good know, point. and he was a Stanford, Stanford cat. Right. Stanford graduate. You know, he was more of an athlete, quote unquote, you know, but, and, and it's like, that's a prime example. Right. You know, like it's ridiculous. Yeah. Terry Bradshaw, come on now, like his rookie year. Oh, yeah. Come on. But now. Bill, like you said, it's analogous to everything else. I mean, you look at yeah. it, any other part of life, we haven't come as far as, as we should have to this point. Um, it's a very, very and, slow process, unfortunately. And the same thing goes for the NFL. Really, sports is probably ahead of, ahead of society, to and, tell you the truth, a little bit, but, and, not, but not far enough. In addition, we know Joe Gillum was better than Terry Bradshaw. We know that. I mean, with Gillum, it gets complicated. He was better, and, and I think that the frustration got to him, and then the drugs got to him. Yeah, of and, course. Yep. You know, that's that's you know what I'm saying. That that's it's, it's tragic. It's just a tragic, tragic story. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Audible has over 180,000 book titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. For you, the listeners of the Bill Roden on Sports podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. We highly recommend that you check out the classic $40 million slaves, the rise, fall, and redemption of the black athlete by the one and only William C. Roden, an absolute must-read. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com backslash Bill Roden on Sports. Again, that's audibletrial.com backslash Bill Roden on sports for your free audiobook. Uh, let, let me let me let's switch in the future. I know you guys have to run, uh, or maybe I'm the one who's got to run. But <laughs> what about uh, the NBA? I mean, we, I wanted to get back to that because training camps are going to be opening, and right. and like I said, there's so many storylines. Uh, I, I saw Doc Rivers this summer in California. And he was saying that, you know, a number of years ago when, when um, uh, uh, remember, he was in Boston and Garnett joined the team, joined Pierce, and Ray Allen joined the uh, team. And he came up with a thing from South Africa called Mbutu, which is trying to get these guys to realize that, that, you know, I want you to be great so I can be great. Or I am because you are, that whole thing. And it worked. They won a championship. And now he said, I got to come up with something for this group, <laughs> you know, some way to reach this. But what do you think the challenge is going to be for uh, the Clippers with with uh, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and you know that's I mean, just integrating those two guys, but they have they they're ahead of the game a little bit because they had you know the rest of the team you know led by Beverly Lou Williams they were there last year and they they were successful without any stars really. So you add two stars, both of whom were, are pretty unselfish guys on the court and off the court. I think it's going to be pretty seamless. You have a leader like Doc Rivers, like you said. Um, you know, to me, their biggest challenge is going to be the rest of the Western Conference. Um, you, know, I, I, you know, I look at the Lakers, I think they're going to be very, very good. I can't see them being a low seed in the West personally. So I think they're going to they're gonna have to battle against the Lakers in terms of the regular season of who gets the higher seed. you got the Rockets. I mean, uh, Portland, Utah. Who else in the box? Who am I forgetting? 
the Western Conference. Um, you got Denver. Denver. I think, Denver, I think, Denver, Denver I think was the first, was second seed Den- last year. Yeah, you have Denver. You have uh, the Golden State Warriors. Golden still. State. Who, some also, people say they're not going to make the playoffs. I think the San Antonio Spurs San Antonio. will be top four in the West this year, yeah. I think. You mm-hmm. know, so... Uh, I think Derek White will be an all-star. That's that's and, and, that's a bold and, prediction of you know, top four for San Antonio. You know, well, I, I explained why. Yeah. Because when the reason why is because they got young talent in DeJounte Murray, mm-hmm. Derek White. You have veterans that have been there with the experience in De- DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge. And then you got vets on the team, Rudy Gay. like guy. So they have the perfect mix of youth, prime guys, and vets right. that have been there. You know, right. So that's why. And then you have Pop. So, all right, and it's a regular season too. Remember, the regular season's different. You know, in a series they could be exposed, but in the regular season they have a lot of depth to be able to to be top in the West. You know, a top mm-hmm. four seed in the West. Right. So, I mean, the Cl- the Clippers have their work cut out for them. I think. I think, you know, with Doc at the helm, I like their chances. Though I like their chances to be to have a great regular season and definitely contend for that Western I, Conference title. I think. I think the challenge is just. Um, you know, I don't think. Okay. How many games will Kawhi and Paul George be on the court together? Mm-hmm. Because they're going to have to manage both those guys right. going into the playoffs. Right. Kawhi Leonard missed around 24 games last season with Toronto because he had to be. They had to manage his minutes. Paul George is getting older. You know, he played a lot he last might, year he might miss and the shoulder. Of the that's what I'm saying with his shoulder. So that's the thing. So it's like, how many times are those guys going to be on the court together? Um, but they still. But this right. is this gives a chance for a Montrez Harrell, Harrell, who I think is this guy's gonna get twenty milli per twenty million dollars per the way he's playing, and and he gets better and better. And Lou Williams, like pressure on him to be able to you know put more minutes, even though we know Sweet Lou in the playoffs, like he came through. But yes, yeah, just you know, that's my concern with the Clippers. Like, how many games will Leonard and George? Because we know in the playoffs they'll be ready. But that's why people are saying that they could be the top seed in the West. That that's not happening. What? I think I I think I think the Clippers will be around four. I think the Lakers will be five. That's Whoa. why I was saying that because also too you got to manage yeah. LeBron and Anthony yeah. Davis. Too. I don't see that though. I see them you know? guys much. I see both of those teams a little. Well, definitely. Well, I mean the, the Lakers too. Four, LeBron coming back from, four, from a five, season so where he wasn't still even win mentioned. 50, 50, three, 54 games. Yeah. That's still a lot of games. Yeah, yeah. You win anyway. Yeah. But I'm saying, but LeBron, but they have to rest LeBron. They have to manage LeBron and, and Anthony Davis. There's no question. They have no one else on the team where they cannot handle 40 plus minutes each of them. Yeah, they're not going to play. They, 40 they, plus they can't do that. Let me ask you. Speaking of that. Uh, have we seen the last of Carmelo Anthony? You guys think? Has he played his last NBA game? I I don't think so. I think he'll be. I think a team will pick him up by the end of training camp. Uh, I think I think he'll be back in the league before uh, before All Star break. Yeah, I agree. I don't think we've seen the last of him, but it, but it is worrisome to me uh, that he hasn't been picked up yet. I'm starting to think. I'm starting to try to remember if he if he was was kneeling or something. Did did he do? Did he kneel for something that I missed? Well, he was part of that. He was part of that thing with LeBron and and and, uh, and Chris Paul. Oh, okay. Well, because Dwayne it, Wade. Because yeah. to me, it's it's just weird to me. I mean, I, obviously, he's not what he was. I get it. Um, but he's already, you know, he's he's gone out and told everybody, I'm willing to come up best. I'm willing to do whatever. I'm willing to to be any part of a team. Um, he came off the bench last year in, in Houston, so I don't know why people are saying they don't think he can do it, or he wants that he's capable of even come, you know, bringing himself to come off the bench. He did it last year, yeah. so for him not to be on a on a team now is just weird to me. Um, 
like I said, I get he's not he's not like a a star anymore, but he's already said he he he's accepted that. So but, I don't get but, it. But the problem is the one thing I like to add is that and it's funny deep, mm-hmm. nobody has mentioned collusion. <laughs> right, but because it's not as serious collusion. Like but, if they're yeah. colluding against him, it's because they don't like him as a, a personality. Yeah, wise. and and the problem is defensively, he he was dreadful. He was dreadful with OKC. He was dreadful. With, he, but that's there's a lot the of thing. dreadful guys, you know. No, but the problem is no. But yeah, also, no, but, no, no, but also, but also too, what else can he do other than score? I mean, he he knows the game. He can pass. He can and you know rebound a little bit. He has you know? he hasn't shown that. No, I mean, he didn't. He, show, he he did not show that in OKC or or Houston. I mean, he, he, showed, not, he showed some unselfishness. It, it, but also too, but also it's the flow, of the offense. The mm. ball stopped no. when he was around. Like like the thing is that it stops. He was never a playmaker. That's the in thing. his prime for sure. But but yeah, but that's why that's why teams don't want to have to deal with it when they can get a young player. Who can be able to use their athleticism? There's that word to be a defender. You know, they're looking for young cats that are able to defend, and young cats that be able. You can tell them what they need to do right. their role, but you can't tell Melo that. Well, you can't tell. He, you can not, tell him, but you can tell him, but he he's not going to do it because it's it's subconscious. It's not mm. ingrained. I'm not dissing Melo. No, but I know that's you're not dissing truth. him. Yeah, I, I just disagree. That's I just disagree. I think I think he's willing to do well, whatever. But, but you're right. You know, I think you're no, right no, no, about. I think willing, you're right it's, about it's the willing, athleticism. But willing and and doing it is is two separate things. And when you're 35 years old, you're set in your ways, just like anybody yeah, older that's I mean, set in their ways. You know, like I have that as a 42 year old, I'm set in my ways <laughs> at times with stuff. You know, um, when I'm trying to like. Get better, and and that's the thing. So I think that's what it is. It's not personal against Melo. It's just, it's just you know his game was great when he was an elite scorer, but now right. And I'm not, but thing. that's my point. He doesn't have to be great anymore. Nobody's asking you to be the one or two. The the you know no, I'm not even talk- a starter. We're not even talking about being but, a starter. But, no, uh, like a guy who's capable of making shots off the bench. Yeah, but I mean, those guys. But I'm saying, those guys are in demand. But I'm saying you you have to fit a role. Right, that's, that's what I'm saying. A role coming off the bench, being able to score. Well, no, people could score in the league now. Well, that's and, and, he's one and, of them. and do but but do more stuff other than score. Who that you know like, like what? how many people I can mention in yeah, the mention NBA? Them, mention you know, like really okay, I can mention like for example, a Derek White could score and do a lot of different things. He's, right, but he's, he's not saying, off the bench. But I'm saying you want me to name he's like, a starter. Yeah, so you want me to name 200 players that can you, do you, other 200 things, better, better players than Melo? Uh, that can do what a team is asking 200? for. Yeah, okay. pretty much. I disagree. Wilson with that. Chandler could do more than Melo. Uh, they're about the same. Wilson Chandler could do more they're than Melo, the and they're the same. No, but Wilson Chandler could defend and rebound and do different well, things. Well, I mean, yeah. And then he got he got but suspended was, for but, PEDs, oh, so you have somebody, you know, a little below that. Hey, hey, Melo doesn't fit that. You know, all, they, yeah. all, the Clippers, all the Clippers want Lou Williams to do, for example, is cover the score. They right. talk about Lou Williams coming there and and But also, but Sweet Lou could, is a playmaker, too. He can create and, and be he's able younger. To he's pass, much younger, you know. So that's the thing. Sweet Lou, uh-huh. Sweet Lou is a playmaker and and stuff like that. And also, Sweet Lou has a very good IQ for the game. And so does Melo as well. You know, really? Yes, definitely. You think Melo? Melo like has an IQ. Like okay, yeah, he has a great basketball IQ. Okay, okay, bro. Sorry about that. All right, man. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay. All right. Hey, <laughs> guys, we could we could we'll do a whole show on that. Matter of fact, we'll take wages about whether uh, whether uh, whether. That's why Houston dropped them after 11 games. And last, they, last time I saw him, he dropped 28 in Brooklyn. And, but yeah, but also too, didn't Houston play better when he was off the team? 
Uh, uh, they, that's not, when they went on a right big away. run. That's when they went on a big so run. So that was the correlation. That's when they went on when, a big run. When Melo came you know? off, yeah. that's when they started winning. You know, yeah, that was the correlation. Yeah, and, okay. and what what did OKC do after Melo? Right when Paul George got yeah, like well, what they happened? Were, they were good. Okay, they won a round. Uh, yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah. They won a playoff round. Uh, no, they actually did better in the regular season than uh, you know. So not really, they feel like the eighth seed or something. But okay, so you want to? Okay, all right, it's all good. <laughs> of course, it's all good. You know. All right. Anybody got anything else? We we got hockey. We got the crap. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not a breast. Well, well, I'm gonna right. well, I'm gonna talk about hockey real quick. Um, being diverse with, oh, with are you is important. Me? But um, <laughs> no. But let me tell you, the Tampa Bay Lightning. What I, I what they when they got uh, for for those like for audience that don't know, they had the best one of the best records in the history of the NHL, and they got swept. By the AC, like Columbus Blue Jackets, they pretty much quit after the second game. Like within the second game, they be- let me tell you, they better show up this year, you know, because they they quit and and it show and and they had the best talent, the best roster. They have to come back and show. Allah, it's, it could be a Virginia story. Like I'm not saying Virginia quit against UMBC, but Virginia. Best team in, the, in in college basketball lost in the first round, even though it's different because obviously it's single elimination. But I think to, the Tampa Bay Lightning could have a chance to be like Virginia. So speaking of NHL, I, I'm looking out for the Tampa Bay Lightning to come back and, and be able to show how much heart they have because they, they lost their heart against the Blue Jackets. All right. Well, Zabate, thanks for that hockey. Do you want to talk? <laughs> we, got, we all talk wrestling. Got any WWE? No, I don't. I don't watch that. I, I pretty much past two thousand two. I don't know anything about it. Before two thousand two, I'll rock with it. <laughs> All right. Hey guys, this has been a great, been a great show. Uh, everybody, join us next week for another edition of Bill Roden on Sports. We'll probably all be in the studio. Uh, enjoy, uh, enjoy this weekend of football. Enjoy the new NBA training camp. And we'll see everybody next week. Jamal, Devante, thank you. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.